Well, I'm going to say something. Oh, please be seated. <laughs> Thank you. I, I want to say a little something, and maybe we can, to introduce our mission trip kids. Uh, I know when I'm preaching, and I look ahead of time, and I knew the text was going to be about James and John wanting to bring down fire and brimstone and Elisha and Elisha, and so I was going to go with that. And then when I realized that the mission trip was going to be right before my next preaching assignment, I thought, oh, the foxes have their lairs and the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, actually applied to the mission trip. And then when I realized the kids were going to participate in that too, I asked them on the way down if they'd be willing to watch for things that moved them. And they said they would. And so four of our kids from the mission trip are here. And I think it would be nice if you all were out at the same time. <laughs> so we can just kind of encourage each other because I'm not going to go away. <laughs> okay, this is, and you're going to have to stand close to the recorder. It's going to just kind of move it up a little bit. And uh, this is Evelyn, Constant, Mary Smith, Kaylee Dowell, and Ava Cornelius. And they, with me, are your preachers today. So, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. You have to talk loudly so they hear you. On the first day of our service, we went to the Emergency Aid Coalition, where we sorted clothes, handed out popsicles, and made sandwiches. We had yucky white bread sandwiches for lunch. And after, we went on a scavenger hunt around Houston. We had Greek food for dinner. On the second day, we worked at a garden harvesting eggplants, peppers, and shoveling dirt. Next time, we went to Meals on Wheels and made breakfast bags. We went back to the church, showered, and went to the Museum of Natural Sciences, where we learned about death, by natural causes, which Ava will talk about after me. <laughs> um, on Friday, we went to a homeless center called The Beacon at 7 in the morning. We made food and did laundry. Some others and I left early to make Thanksgiving cards. Uh, we had to start early because the program we were with had to make a total of 4,400 cards. Um, the others arrived and we went out to lunch. After lunch, we went to CVS. We ordered chicken for dinner and then we decided to play a German board game. Overall, on the mission trip, my favorite service project was working at the Homeless Center because I really enjoy serving others in need. Okay. Hello, um, I'm Ava Cornelius, and I also went on the mission trip with our EYC program this past week. As you all know, we were working with the Q's program at Christ Cathedral Church in Houston. This was an amazing experience because we were provided with some amazing service projects such as volunteering at kitchens where me and Kaylee used a meat grinder. It was so <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> and we were working in community gardens. However, the Q's program also provided us with some activities such as the one we did Thursday night, the Death by Natural Causes exhibit at the Houston Museum of Natural Sciences. Now, at the time, we had all been on our feet for what felt like a million years. So when I heard that we were going to a museum, my first thought was, oh no, a museum means walking and reading, and that means using both my muscles and my brain, which are not currently my favorite activities. <laughs> but the Death by Natural Causes was an amazing mix of freaky, fun, and informative learning about a topic most people are afraid of, death. One of my favorite things I learned was ergotism. For those, of you, you, for those of you who don't know, ergotism is produced by eating food affected by ergot, particularly in rye bread. The side effects include mania and psychosis, which is just a fancy way of saying that it makes people insane. 
The cool part about it is that you don't necessarily, that arrogantism is not necessarily the part that kills you, but it's the harm that you might do to yourself while experiencing the side effects that can. I always knew there was a reason why I basically only eat white bread. I just didn't know what it was until now. <laughs> <laughs> The exhibit was about all sorts of stuff like that. I learned about so many different ways to die that I didn't even know about. And most of them, like ergotism, weren't things that I would normally actively try to prevent. Like, I try to be a healthy person. Hey, I eat my white bread. <laughs> but, and I'm, uh, okay, <laughs> but it got me thinking about how people can be super careful and still accidentally put themselves in a dangerous situation. However, as I looked around the museum, I realized that I wasn't afraid of dying. It had never been, I had never been afraid of dying, which is weird because that's like a thing that most people have to like get over in their life. Um, no, but I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of living and having not helped people that need my help. I don't care if I die in 80 years, 80 months, 80 weeks, 80 days, or 80 minutes. Well, okay, I hope I don't die in 80 minutes. Um, <laughs> as long as I have helped people, I will be at peace. I was pulled to this mission trip because I knew that my work would make a difference. And it did, and I saw it. I saw it in the garden I harvested, and I saw it in the literally thousands of apples I counted out for the people in need. As long as I live, as long as I live always using a healthy hand, I will be happy. And I just wanted to thank all of you for supporting me and my fellow EYCers on our mission trip to help people. Okay, <laughs> okay. hi, I'm Kaylee Dowell, and I went on the mission trip with seven other wonderful members of the youth community here at All Saints, as well as four very patient chaperones. <laughs> Who, by the way, are all here today. And they're all here, so yes, shout out to them. <laughs> um, the first day, Madre Cynthia told us to keep in mind that we should pick a time when we felt most impacted, and that we would have an opportunity to talk about whatever we wanted to during the sermon. I thought very hard last night, and I just couldn't pick one event. The whole trip was exhausting, but it was also rewarding and educational. I gardened, used a meat grinder, cooked a giant stir fry, sorted 3,000 apples and countless breakfast foods, and made dog toys, working a total of 13 hours. But you know why I know how many hours we were working? Because I recorded all of them on a piece of paper so that I can use them for NHS hours. If you don't know about the NHS, basically it stands for National Honor Society, and you have to complete a certain number of service hours in order to be in it. I realized while I was recording how many hours down to the decimal I spent volunteering that maybe I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. I mean, the result is the same. The homeless and the needy get the food they need, but I think that I learned that volunteering is supposed to be fulfilling equally on both sides. That's why it is one of the best ways to spend time. Or instead of spending your time volunteering, I would suggest enjoying your time volunteering. I read a book one time called The Possibility of Now. It's about a girl, Mara, who during an AP calculus test finds that she can no longer take the unending pressure of school and rips up her test. She walks out of her school and moves to Tahoe to live with her estranged father. There she learns to live without asking for anything back. She learns that good grades and a long spotless resume cannot possibly fill her soul in the way that every human deserves. I was dismayed to find that Mara and I have a lot in common. Some, something from the book stuck with me. One of the characters says something along the lines of, I do one thing that I will never put on my resume. Now, I am all for bragging about the work you did. That's, you did it and that is amazing. But what really stuck with me from this trip is the idea of giving without expectations. Giving without expecting to feel good or to get a boost when applying to college or to have bragging rights with your friends. Giving this way seems like it might clear your mind and your heart for the most wonderful feeling of all, love.
Good morning. <laughs> My name is Mary, although most of you probably know that because I was up there about a month ago. This past week, I went on the mission trip to Houston with my fellow youth parishioners, where I spent a week in close quarters with not only members of All Saints, but also members of St. Luke's on the Lake and St. Christopher's, a couple of other Episcopal churches from the Austin area. This may not be what Madre Cynthia expected me to say, but the thing that most impacted me this week is the size of the other youth groups. St. Luke's may have only brought nine students, a mere one more than our eight, but when you take into consideration that that was only a fraction of their youth group, it can put into perspective the, how our group is relatively low key, especially considering that we needed about 95% of our EYC to go on this trip to have a substantial group, while St. Luke's could bring about 30% and also have a substantial group. I find it interesting how the other groups consisted primarily of ninth and 10th graders. We brought about two ninth and 10th graders it's not that we don't have any older kids in the parish. I just graduated with, what, six other high school seniors? You know how many of them have stepped foot in a Sunday school room in the last three years? Me. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm no saint. My mom was the one making me go, so don't think I'm calling out my peers. If I'm calling out anyone, I'm calling out parents of middle and high school students who don't at least encourage their children to come to the Youth Sunday community at All Saints. Our acolytes. Our acolytes. Sunday school, EYC. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Patricia. Sure, there are plenty of excuses not to go. I have homework, for example. Okay, well, if you're going to be working every single hour of your Sunday, then okay, I'll give you that. But the reality is you will have at least two hours of free time that would otherwise be spent walking around your kitchen in circles while scrolling through TikToks on your phone. <laughs> it's no fun is the, real, is the one that really grinds my gears though. Why isn't it fun for you? You don't like the activities? We literally have a meeting to pick the activities at the beginning of the year that nobody comes to. There's no kids your age? That's because you're not going. <laughs> I love my rising seniors, Ava and Kaylee, but I would be lying if I said I didn't miss out on being able to have church kids who are my friends who are my age. I didn't have anyone at church to talk about the SATs with or lean on when the seventh graders were being just a little too hard to handle. And it's not just me who missed out. Because my mom was making me go, I found that Sunday school and EYC and acolyting were things that I enjoyed doing and places that I enjoyed being, where I felt safe just to have a good time without the pressures of schoolwork or school friends. And if I was feeling particularly churchly, a place to think about spirituality a little bit. I had recently had a really nice time talking to some of my senior peers on Senior Sunday this past May. Unfortunately, that was quite literally the first time we had all been together in years and probably the last time we would all be together, ever. I've loved my time in the youth program here at All Saints, but it was not as whole as it could have been. For the first time in a long time, this church is looking for a full-time youth coordinator, something that I think is amazing, and I'm personally grateful for that. But it's not going to be worth a cent if we can only ever get five kids scraped together on a Sunday. So this is for you parents out there assuming that there are any in the middle of June. Make your kids come. 17-year-olds might push back, but 12-year-olds won't. Get them started right here, right after production company ends. Keep them coming to Sunday school. We have snacks. 
Guide them to stay after church for EYC. We have pizza. <laughs> we'll welcome anyone with open arms. Because we as a congregation are foolish to treat middle and high schoolers with as little worth as we do. The clergy and the vestry are starting to get it. It's the lay people who need to open their eyes. Because we are the future of the congregation itself. Everyone is on their toes about the state of all saints in the near future, all worried about this rector business. But none of that is going to matter if no one is sitting in the pews listening to them speak. And sooner or later, we're going to be all you've got. Well, I always try to keep my eye out for something spiritual in the action, and so I want to tell you two things that I noticed um, as I was one of the chaperones. The first one was Mary and I happened to be chosen to peel and slice and quarter oranges, a whole box of oranges. I'd never done that before. I have eaten peeled oranges, you know, from those recovered food boxes. But they showed us how to do it. You cut off the ends, and then you slice down the sides. I was terrible at it at first, terrible. Left a lot of orange on the peel. And Mary wasn't that great at it either in the beginning. <laughs> and then I cut it in half, and Mary started doing my technique, and I went to hers. But eventually, I learned to curve. The knife curved as I went round. And so by the end, our, our oranges looked really good, and there was very little orange left on the peel. And I thought, da-da, that's true of the spiritual life, too. <laughs> if you do it long enough, you get better at it. And then the other thing was, <laughs> this is not safeguarded. <laughs> we, we were not good at safeguarding. We got told a lot. That's not safeguarding behavior. That's not safeguarding language. So we're going to do better next time. But... They were Pharisees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are not critical and judgmental. Um, but what I found spending time every day in the same room, sleeping with these young women and eating with the whole group and using the bathroom to only two stalls, I mean, three, three stalls and two sinks, and walking, 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 and riding the bus. And I had to sit in the elderly section on the bus, you know, because I could sit down. <laughs> During all that time, what happened to me was I fell in love with them. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that was coming. But when you spend that much time with people, you learn to care about them very, very deeply. And I suspect that the same thing happened to Jesus in his wandering for three years with no place to lay his head. We had no place to lay our head. We were using borrowed space. And I suspect after three years of wandering with people and using borrowed space and eating together and sharing the bathroom and all that stuff, Jesus loved his disciples, really loved them on the night he was betrayed. So I want you to know that I love you, and I'm so grateful that I got to know you, all of you. Amen. 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 <laughs>